Hi everybody, this is Behind the Scenes with Studio 96, and in this episode we're going to review James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. I gotta say, I think this is the best movie that DC has made so far in all their lineup. After watching this movie, I couldn't stop comparing it to the DC animated, like R-rated animated movies that came out before it, like Suicide Squad Hell to Pay and the Justice League Flashpoint Paradox. Those are very violent, very dark DC animated films and I feel like James Gunn has really captured that like uh, intensity and that darkness while also adding in his own you know comedic style to it. Keep in mind that this is a man who directed Guardians of the Galaxy for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. With this film compared to the old Suicide Squad film that came out right after the Batman vs Superman movie. Yeah, I could I could already make a comparison so like I personally kind of like enjoyed the first Suicide Squad, I didn't think it was anything good or anything great. It was just something, you know, entertaining in its own right, but easily forgettable movie. But with James Gunn's Suicide Squad, it, it really leaves an impression on you. And it's something that, you know, it's quite a good experience watching a an R-rated DC film. Especially, it makes use of all the characters that the film decides to go with. The movie starts off with uh, Michael Rooker's character. His name is Savah. And he's in his cell alone, just playing playing around with the ball, just you know, keeps her keep doing like trick shots with it and just bouncing off the walls and catching it. And then he and then a little like bird co- comes into his cell and Savant he's very annoyed by the bird and he does this cool trick with his ball where the ball just instantly kills the bird and the ball just rolls back to him. And then Amanda Waller comes in and she recruits Savant for a covert undercover mission. And Savant reluctantly agrees as long as it could reduce his sentence and he could get out of Bell Rev early. You know, typically that's kind of how the first Suicide Squad starts. It starts out with a re- recruiting sequence, but like James Gunn, he does it in, in his own way. And that's where Savant meets Colonel Rick Flag, and then Colonel Rick Flag, they go to like this outside military deployment area where Savant meets the rest of the Suicide Squad. Blackguard, Captain Boomerang, Mongal, the Weasel, Harley Quinn, Javelin, and TDK. They get they get ready to prepare for the mission that they're going to in Cordo Maltese. Then Cordo Maltese is gonna get important here in a sec. Alright. So the team goes goes to Cordo Maltese. It's nighttime. The team lands in the water one by one until Weasel jumps in, and it turns out he can't swim. All right, and then he slowly start, he's slowly drowning to death until Savant man, manages to catch him and bring him into land. But it's already too late. He already drowned to death. Okay, and the rest of the team, they just leave Weasel behind and they move on. That's when the culture Maltese military co- goes to the beach. No, the rest of the team t- go and get to cover until Blackguard gets up from his cover position and reveals his position to the squad. And it turns out Blackguard had betrayed the Suicide Squad off screen and he contacted the Maltese government and notified them of their current location. Yeah, and then that's when they get into a firefight. Yeah, Blackguard end- ends up getting shot in the face. Rick Flagg demanded a extraction from Amanda Waller, but Amanda Waller denied the extraction and she orders Rick and the Suicide squad to stay behind and fight because the mission was too important and so the remaining suicide squad members they all just try try to fight the Maltese army with you know with the numbers against them Harley shoots a rocket missile at the soldiers Captain Boomerang just throws his sharp boomerangs at them and you know they're they're heavily outnumbered they're 
taking all sorts of fire. It, everyone's getting murked. This is like the most brutal scene in the entire movie. This the rest of the movie gets really brutal, but the way it starts out is really brutal, and sometimes it's kind of hard to watch, but you can't really, you know, look away from it. And then, like, everyone, one by one, everyone kind of dies. Mongel, she tries to take out a chopper that was circling over the beach, and, yeah, and then, you know, that didn't, that didn't really pan out, and she crashes with the helicopter, and, and she's slowly burning to death. But, like, not before, not before the blades cuts up some trees and all of them kind of ricochet to Captain Boomerang where he gets stabbed by a whole bunch of debris. And TDK, he tries to help out. He's, his power is basically disembodying himself. And he uses his disembodied power, body parts to try to take on the soldiers, but they weren't to effect. And so the soldiers just shot his arms and TDK, he's just slowly dying out because of the shock. Javelin, he tries to go for, he tries to make a move with his javelin, tries to throw it until the multi-soldiers just gun him down. Everyone's just being gunned down, they're being burned. The only two survivors are Harley Quinn and Rick Flagg and Savant. Savant is noticing all this going down and then he starts to have a mental breakdown and he tries to flee the area. Amanda Waller, she's looking at this from a from a satellite from her current position, which is back in the United States. Savant, he tries to flee, and Amanda Waller, she gives him a whole number of opportunities to stay in fight until finally she couldn't take it anymore, and she and she triggers the explosive that's implanted in each of the squad's skulls, and it instantly kills Savant. Every last member, almost every last member of that Suicide Squad is dead. That's when you think, you know, that's where. Amanda Waller tries to recruit another Suicide Squad until there's another Suicide Squad that's on the other side of the beach, away from away from an uh, enemy location. Now these people are a different Suicide Squad. This is a secret. This is a secret team that Amanda recruited right behind Rick Flag's back. This team is made of a Bloodsport, Peacemaker, Polka Dot Man, King Shark. Ratcatcher, that's the Suicide Squad that was originally supposed to do the mission. The other the other Suicide Squad was basically a diversion for them to get into the island undetected. Alright, and then it cuts to a scene, a flashback scene where the flashback takes place from three days ago. And Bloodsport, he's played by Idris Elba. He's uh, he's just cleaning the toilets, he's cleaning the mess hall, he's cleaning every area that he's you know supposed to do and then uh, Blackguard comes out and he's just acting like a dick he's you know he pulls out a piece of used toilet paper and he drops it right by where Bloodsport is cleaning up a, pe a used piece of gum and then that's where Amanda Waller walks in Blackguard he walks past her and then Amanda Waller walks up to Bloodsport and she tries to recruit him for a covert undercover mission Bloodsport says he wasn't interested and then Amanda Waller gave him some incentive to try convince him to take the mission. And she does he does she does this by mentioning her his daughter, Bloodsport's daughter. And then uh, Bloodsport's daughter she comes and visits Bloodsport in prison and she said uh, she got busted for shoplifting like a smartwatch. They both get into a really heated argument. And then, then she tells Bloodsport the real reason why she came there. And the real reason why she came there is that her court date's coming up. And she said that Amanda Waller told her that Bloodsport could help her with that situation. And then Bloodsport, he gets angry. He gets pissed. He goes to Amanda Waller. He threatens to kill her because, you know, she, he, she got to her, his daughter to get to him. And then that's when Bloodsport makes a deal with Amanda Waller. 
Bloodsport said he'll do the mission as long as she could keep you know, his 16-year-old daughter out of prison. Basically, Amanda Waller goes on about how you know she won't be serving a juvie sentence. And under the right circumstances, she can bribe or at least use her authority to to make the state of Louisiana send this girl to prison. And they can make her send her to Bell Ref prison. He's pissed and then he reluctantly agrees to the, to be a part of the mission. Just so his daughter won't have to be in Bell Ref penitentiary. And then, you know, Man and Wallace, she got what she wanted. And she makes Bloodsport the leader of the Suicide Squad. Bloodsport, he doesn't really consider himself a leader, but Amanda Waller will do, will make him a leader, even if it kills him. Yeah, and then it goes into another recruiting scene where Amanda Waller walks with Bloodsport to recruit his Suicide Squad. Alright, and the first person to recruit for Bloodsport's Suicide Squad is Peacemaker, and he's played by John Cena. Amanda Waller gives a debrief uh, to Bloodsport about Peacemaker's abilities and basically Peacemaker could do the same thing that Bloodsport could do but and then Peacemaker said uh, he could do it way better than Bloodsport and then both of them do like get like this argument on who's better than who and yeah and then Amanda Waller introduces them to King Shark which he is a living living breathing shark man his name is Nanaway and Nanaway he's voiced by Sylvester Stallone and uh they see Nanaway re reading a book you know basically trying to get some intelligence he's in that room guarded by other security personnel in the Bell Rep Penitentiary Prison. And yeah, yeah, King Shark follows Waller, Peacemaker, and Bloodsport, and they recruit another person. Her name is Ratcatcher. This Ratcatcher, she, she is the daughter of the first Ratcatcher, and the first Ratcatcher, he died. Get into it and why he died. But yeah, he died, and now the Suicide Squad gets, the, gets his daughter, Ratcatcher, too. Yeah, she's in herself sleeping and Amanda Waller just wakes her ass up and she just she's just this typical millennial person who doesn't want to get out of bed. So like she finally gets out of bed and there's a she has a pet rat with her named Sebastian. Bloodsport, he has a pho- he has a rat phobia. You know, Sebastian, he tries to play nice with Bloodsport, but Bloodsport, he dislikes rats a lot, and he doesn't want you know to touch Sebastian the rat. You know, Sebastian the rat, he gets like all sad and stuff, but he gets over it, and then, and then they finally get to the final member of the Suicide Squad, which is Polka Dot Man. Polka Dot Man, he's one of Batman's rogues gallery. He's one of the lesser known Batman rogues, and yeah. If you saw the Lego Batman movie, he does make an appearance on there, but this is the live-action version of Polka Dot Man. And he's being recruited for Bloodsport's Suicide Squad. And so now, the entire team is recruited, and they go into a debrief room where Amanda Waller debriefs them on the mission. She says the mission is for them to go to Corto Maltese and find you know, Project Starfish and destroy any kind of remnants of Project Starfish that, that are in this place called Jotunheim which is a secret laboratory facility in the capital city of Corto Maltese. Present scene where the flashback ends and it cuts to them on the beach. And then Bloodsport he leads his team and and then they camp out for the night. But before that, um, Peacemaker, he asked some questions about the mission, saying, like, how they're going to get in, how they're going to find Project Starfish, and Bloodsport says, I don't know. They noticed the uh, explosion that was going on on the other side of the beach. It was the Diversion Suicide Squad that's being killed right now. 
And then it cuts to Harley trying to escape from the gun, gun violence and then she lands right next to Javelin who's slowly dying. Javelin, he gives Harley the, his Javelin and then uh, Harley Harley takes the Javelin and then Javelin dies. He says like carry it and then then uh, he dies. And then Harley, it looks like he's about to caress his face until she finally and then it just subverts you and she slaps him instead. And then it goes into a joke about how you know, she's, supposed, she's supposed to carry the Javelin and she doesn't know what to use it for. Then Colonel Rick Flacky skips the beach but he's you know heavily wounded and yeah, he runs into another guerrilla group. He tries to escape, but they're all pointing gu guns at him, so he surrenders. Yeah, and then uh, Bloodsport's team, they camp out for the night. Yeah, and Bloodsport, he notices King Shark trying to eat Ratcatcher. Bloodsport, he grabs out every arsenal in his weapons to stop Bloodsport, to stop King Shark. He keeps shooting at him and shooting at him. King Shark, he's just like rampaging, trying to, trying to kill Bloodsport, and is no to effect. Bloodsport, he gets King Shark pinned down, and every member in the Suicide Squad <laughs> comes to see what's going on. Then uh, Bloodsport notifies her what you no know, King Shark was trying to do. Yeah, at first Ratcatcher didn't believe him until Sebastian told her, and then she gets mad and she summons a whole bunch of rats, which starts to freak out Bloodsport. And King Shark, he gets like all defensive and angry. Now for some reason, Peacemaker, he's in his tidy whities and then. He gets into an argument with Bloodsport and then like and then uh, Peacemaker says something out. Not not that's just racist. <laughs> and then, after that, the whole team just escalated. Um, just de-escalate the situation. Uh, Ratcatcher asked Nanaway King Shark if he ever had friends before, and King Shark said he no. Ratcatcher said she'll she'll be his friend, and yeah, so both of them just became friends after that. Then the rest of the team go to sleep, and the next day, they try to head to the capital city of Coromontis until Waller, Waller notified them to make a, make a quick stop to rescue Colonel Rick Flagg, who she thinks is being held captive by you know the Maltese government, which is actually, not really, is actually a resistance guerrilla group that's against the current Maltese government. So the, the team goes in, they, they make a plan of action, they find the camp where Colonel Rick Flagg is held up. Then it goes into this funny like sequence where where Peacemaker and Bloodsport go like in this killing contest to see who could kill who could kill the most guys like with style. And it's just pretty funny because Peacemaker he's like marking everyone, so is Bloodsport. And yeah, eventually the rest of the team find Colonel Rick Flag having tea with the Gorilla Group leader. Then like they go into an awkward silence about how like you know they accidentally killed the wrong people. And it's the whole thing just becomes really awkward and yeah, they just go and murder a bunch of guys who wanna who are fight who could have basically proven you know been an impossible ally for them. Then uh, Rick Flag he makes a deal with the guerrilla group leader to if they help him get them inside the you know capital city, then uh, they could be able to provide a distraction for them to get the opportunity to raid the the ca the capital building. And then of course like they meet up with a rendezvous with a guy named Milton like you know this guy is from South America and yet his name is Milton and he drives like a fruit truck. So they use this guy as a you know to get undercover to get to get into the the capital city. 
And then they go into a gentleman's club where that's where they'll find the thinker. The thinker is the guy who was ahead of Project Starfish in Yo- for Yotenheim. So they go into the club and so the dean goes into this gentleman's club. They go in undercover and they track him down and they capture him. But not before you know, a few other team members get captured themselves. Ratcatcher Rat and Polkadot Man are the ones that capture Thinker and they bring him to the van. They bring him to Milton's van. While Bloodsport, Peacemaker, and Rick Flag they get captured. King Shark, he stays behind, you know, because who wouldn't notice a giant walking shark in a gentleman's club? Anyway, yeah. Peacemaker, Rick Flag, and Bloodsport, they all get captured by the soldiers to rest who's ever at the gentleman's club. Was it because the Suicide Squad they made kind of like a div- kind of like a a scene that got them arrested? And then like Bloodsport, Rick Flag, Peacemaker, they were e- able to easily escape. Peacemaker, he shoots the driver and in the, and the convoy that they were riding in, it crashes and they were able to escape from there. Then they squat up. Then they were able to squat up. But before this scene, Harley Quinn, she gets captured by the Maltese government and she introduces herself to the new president of the of the nation of Cordo Maltese. The president, the new president, he wanted to express like his like. I don't know his fascination with Harley, saying like Harley is a symbol of anti-Americanism and yeah, and the people of Cordo Maltese are old-fashioned and traditional people, and they won't follow a leader who won't get married. So he decides to make Harley Quinn his wife. Both of them to get into like a real, real like romantic scene where where the president try, shows Harley around the palace. She's he shows he shows her like his exotic bird collection, and she's re, she really likes that. And then both of them have like uh, intercourse afterwards. And after that, like the president explains his plan to Harley, and Harley shoots the president in the chest. She says like she won't like date any more guys who have possible red flags, and you know this guy he has a massive red flag gl- gl- glowing. And then like uh, after he dies, the soldiers come in and they then they take Harley by gunpoint, and Harley she just surrenders after that then when news gets out that you know harley has been taken captive by the carl maltese government colonel rick flag decides to you know summon the team together and try to save harley now it may not look like it but harley and rick flag have become like some sort of like friends in this movie like you can really see that all of them they infiltrate the capital city and they found the location where harley's being captive and then it goes into another flashback sequence where Harley is being tortured and beaten by the by the general who's now the current president after Harley killed the last president. And then like Harley, she just dicks around with them. She's taking their abuse. She's taking their torture. And then finally they get like sick of her. They she pretends to be knocked out. The president walks out of the room and he leaves the guard to basically like watch Harley. Harley decides to wake up for now a moment because, you know, she was playing dead the entire time. And she chokes out the guard. She breaks her neck with her, like, really incredible, strong, like, gymnastics legs. And then after that, she picks up the key and she was able to get free. Then it goes into, like, the sequence where Harley's just killing, like, all the Maltese soldiers was, like, badass kind of style scene. She's wearing, like, this pretty dress that the old president gave her. And she's... Grabbing every gun, every weapon she could use. She even found Javelin's old Javelin. And she's killing soldiers with that. And then she walks out from that bloodbath and she calls a cab. She gets inside the cab and she notices Bloodsport and Rick Flag. Then in custody now where Rick Flag, Bloodsport, everyone's in position to rescue Harley. And then Harley shows up out of nowhere. Like 
it did in the trailer, and then she says, hi, guys. Now, Rick Flag, he's surprised to see her. Rick says, uh, you know, they were trying to save her, and Harley, she gets all emotional. She, you know, she was surprised that anyone would try to save her, and she offers to go back inside and let them, like, save her. Then after, then after that, the mission's back on to infiltrate Jotunheim and destroy Project Starfish. The team, they assemble in Milton Van, and they go into Jotunheim. That's where it really starts to rain and then like the entire scene it gets overly like exposed white. This whole cool raining sequence starts and they scene the team assembles together and they start murking everyone they see on site. You know, this is like the really true fashion of the Suicide Squad. Like these guys they're these guys are actual villains. Like they're really bad guys who are who killed people before and they're their skills and weapons really show like how well these guys do and how well like uh, these guys kill people in their field. The Suicide Squad, they infiltrate Jotunheim and they plant a bunch of plastic explosives. The team split up into two groups, Harley, Harley, Bloodsport, King Shark, Polkadot Man to go upstairs to plant more explosives and the rest of the team, which is Peacemaker, Rick Flag, Ratcatcher, they go downstairs to find any to find Project Starfish with the Thinker who they held captive. Now they go they go down to this underground bunker where that's where Thinker was doing his experiments, and then that's where they find Project Starfish. Which, if you're a fan of the comics, Project Starfish is actually Starro the Conqueror. He's a intergalactic cosmic starfish that basically eats planets. So he's a hive mind kind of kind of creature. Yeah, they find Project Starfish, and with that, they were able to find a drive that contains the U.S. involved. That contains proof that the U.S. had been involved in Project Starfish in Corto Maltese. And then, like uh, the whole the whole team gets into an argument. Rick Flag he tries to break break every computer he sees, and he grabs the drive, but not before he Peacemaker betrays him. Peacemaker, he had a different objective, which was to bury Project Starfish like Amanda Waller intended. But Colonel Rick Flagg, he wanted to serve his country rather than be a puppet of the government. Yeah, they both get into like a standoff until like until the whole building just explodes and it and it frees Starro the Conqueror. Ratcatcher, Peacemaker, Rick Flag, they all get buried underneath. Then after that, Peacemaker and Rick Flag fight fight it out. Rick Flag, he wants to get he wants to notify the world of what the U.S. did in Culture Maltese. So, and it gets into a conflict of interest right there. So both of them hash it out. They both fight. Colonel Rick Flack, he gets beaten up a lot. And he's also giving Peacemaker a good fight too. Peacemaker, he has Peacemaker pinned down. He was getting ready to break his neck with a pipe that he found. Until Peacemaker, he grabs a sharp object and he stabs Rick Flag in the heart with it. And Rick Flag dies. And then a wreck catcher, she wakes up too. And she sees that. Star, uh, Star of the Conqueror is free. She tries to make an escape, and you know, the, the Sebastian, her rat, like shows her the way out. And then Star of the Conqueror, he finds the Thinker, and he sl- and he rips him apart. And then uh, right at that moment, Ratcatcher finds Peacemaker. Peacemaker killed Rick Flag. Ratcatcher finds the drive, and she runs away with it. And Peacemaker ch- chases her. Peacemaker was able to catch up to her, and she has her pinned down with. At gunpoint. Ratcatcher, she begs for her life. And then Peacemaker, he's getting ready to pull the trigger. And then it goes into another flashback sequence of, you know, Bloodsport's team. Bloodsport's team, he's teamed up with Harley, King Shark, and Polka Dot Man. They're planting explosives out in the top floors. And then a bunch of, like, soldiers come in out of nowhere. 
Polkadot Man, he tries to take out the soldiers, but he he accidentally like ignites the plastic explosives that they planted and it and it's toppling the tower, the Jotunheim Tower. So all of them start to slowly fall down. Like there's a whole bunch like King also King Shark found a room where there's a whole bunch of fish. It, well, it's not really fish. They're a bunch of like weird mutant alien looking fish. The glass, t- the fish tank breaks, and it's King- and King Shark notices all the cute little like alien looking fish, and then like it turns out they're alien piranhas, and they're like eating him alive. Then the water like flows, flows to the floor beneath where Harley, Bloodsport, and Polkadot Man are, are and like uh, the the whole floor is being flooded while the tower is being like demolished. King Shark, he falls off where everyone just hangs onto the building, just trying not to fall. Bloodsport, he fall, he falls, but he falls on to the floor beneath them. Then after that, the floor beneath him just starts crumbling down, and he's just basically falling floor after floor on the platform he's at, on that the platform he's standing on. And then finally, it gets down to the same floor where he finds Peacemaker holding a gun at Ratcatcher. Ratcatcher and Bloodsport, they kind of have a heart to heart in the in Melton's van. In the morning, where they try to save Harley, Bloodsport says to Ratcatcher that he reminds him of his, she reminds him of his daughter, and Ratcatcher promises to save Bloodsport and to get him out of their life. And Bloodsport makes the same promise too. You know, Bloodsport, I guess like Bloodsport has gotten like a, some sort of friendship with Ratcatcher, even though he has like a phobia of rats. He sees, you know, Peacemaker pointing a gun at you know Ratcatcher, and both of them get into like some sort of Mexican standoff, and they both shoot their guns at the same time. Now their bullets go like right across down the middle and Bloodsport's bullet had another smaller bullet within it and it that small bullet was able to pierce Peacemaker's neck. Now Peacemaker and and Rick Flag are dead. And then the rest of the Suicide Squad just like fight it out. No, they don't fight it out, but like the rest of the Suicide Squad now they're like trying to make their way out of Yotanai. King Shark he fell pretty bad off the building and he thought to be dead. And the soldiers who surrounded King Shark's body wanted to make sure they were dead so they kept firing their guns at him. But turns out King Shark isn't dead and he kills everyone he sees. He starts eating people he sees because like he's pissed that people are just shooting him. And then that's where Project Starface will Star of the Conqueror just emerges from the building and now he's unleashed his an army of smaller smaller starfish that he's going to use to mind control everyone in Corto Maltese. The Suicide Squad, they emerge out of the building and they are seeing the starfish that's laying waste to everything around them. Amanda Waller tells them to go back and retreat and prepare for extraction. And Bloodsport notifies them about the giant starfish that's wreaking havoc on the capital city. Bloodsport and the rest of the team, they try to walk away from it because they know it's not their problem. But like for some reason, Bloodsport decides to turn back and help fight the help fight Starro. Ratcatcher follows him and so does King Shark. So does Harley too and then Polka Doubt Man you know, follows, follows him too. Amanda Waller, she gives him ch- time after time to turn back and retreat or else she's going to detonate the bomb inside their skulls. Amanda Waller, she's about to push the button to set off the bombs until she gets knocked out by one of her subordinates. And then Amanda Waller's team decides you know, to help Bloodsport and the Suicide Squad fight Starro. You know, being like tech support for them. And Starro, he's he's mind controlling everyone with his small starfish. He's yeah, he's wreaking havoc on the city and he's just 
destroying everything on site. The Suicide Squad catch up to him and they come up with a plan of attack. Bloodsport, he tells Harley to go up high and King Shark, he tells King Shark to go after him by eating him. By saying like, uh, the starfish is num num. And then Bloodsport tells Polka Dot Man to fire Polka Dots at him, but Polka Dot Man, he has his backstory where his mother used to be a scientist for Star Labs and how he sh she wanted her kids to become superheroes. So she illegally turned her children into superheroes and Polka Dot Man was the only one who was left alive. Uh, like Polka Dot Man, he has like this mother kind of phobia where he sees his mother everywhere he goes. His mother kind of looks like this, like, fat, old, like, mid-40s woman. Polka Dot Man, he mentions his mother, and she... So he unleashed a whole bunch of Polka Dots, and it hits Starro's leg. And Polka Dot Man was excited because he's starting to become a real superhero, just like how he always wanted. And that's how his... Really, that's how what his mom wanted, too. That Until Starro kind of like squishes him and then kills him. Now another member of the Suicide Squad is dead. And it's just Bloodsport, King Shark, Ratcatcher, and Harley. King Shark, he's still biting off Blood, uh, Starro the Conqueror. And then Starro the Conqueror, he just throws King Shark into a building. And then the Gorilla Group, they manage to infiltrate the Capitol building where all the, all the soldiers, they, they're gone now. They're... And the generals that are left inside are defenseless. The guerrilla group infiltrate the facility and they kill all the generals. And now they are successfully done a coup on the on the tyrannical regime of the Cora Maltese government. This was before like the Starro fight, so I apologize for like miscontinuity right there. Bloodsport he's surrounded by a whole bunch of mind control people that are being controlled by Starro, the Conqueror, and he's just murking. He's just murking like innocent people left and right because they're being mind controlled by Starro, the Conqueror. Starro's like minions managed to pin down Bloodsport, and you know it's kind of like all hope is lost moment until Ratcatcher. She goes up to Bloodsport, and she uses her Ratcatcher wand to summon a whole bunch of rats. The whole then the army of rats start to crawl up to Starro. And they're slowly eating him alive. And then Harley gets a good vantage point and she has a good opportunity to go inside Starro's eye. She uses her javelin to pierce herself right in there. And then it goes into this whole entire big sequence where the rats are just slowly killing Starro the Conqueror. And then they make it. And then the rats also make their way inside his eye too. Then they're just eating him from the inside out. And then Ratcatcher remembers her old man. You know, her father. Her father is played by Taika Watiti. He may not have a big appearance in the movie, but this is still like a really cool scene. It's a really emotional scene for Ratcatcher and her father. Where like uh, he, dr he dreamed of a better life for them and her. And yeah, he created the wand. So that he could harness the power of the rats. Because rats are the most hated creatures on earth. And I guess like since her and her dad were living like rats. I guess they have like a lot in common. Because you know they were being seen as rats. And rats know what it feels like to be hated just for who they are. And then Harley goes in. She Harley she's seeing everything. She's seeing the rats kill Starro from inside his eye. Then Starro he's like freaking out. He's you know he's dying basically. And blood, blood is just throwing up in his eye. Like, he's dying. He's really dying. Then after that, he collapses and he's completely dead. Harley, she emerges out of the car. She emerges out of the starfish corpse from the eyeball. 
And she gives a thumbs up to Bloodsport, and Bloodsport gives a thumbs up back. And then, like, everything's calmed down, but, like, uh, for the people that Starro mind controlled, I think they're dead. I don't know. It doesn't look like they're moving, so it probably, it probably means they're dead. And so, after that, Bloodsport, he regroups the entire Suicide Squad. Ratcatcher's pretty sad that her friend, you know, is dead. That Polkadot man is dead, and, you know, really feels like they both grown to be friends and she thought king shark had died too until king shark emerges from the collapse of building and he's covered in scars and bruises but otherwise he's fine and she runs up to king shark and she gives him a hug and then that's where Bloodsport makes a new deal with amanda waller he 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 managed to get the drive and he uploaded it to a secure network and he makes a deal with waller where if his daughter and him don't go free and then uh, he would release the whatever's in the drive to the entire world. To the entire world net. Amanda Waller, she doesn't like this deal, but she reluctantly agrees. And then she said, I know she will make a leader out of Bloodsport. Then they both hang up and Bloodsport, he, he looks at Harley. And Harley's kind of has like this look, this sad but like disappointing look. You know, like they manages to save an entire city from like an evil intergalactic starfish. And sometimes, you know, just being able to kill the starfish before it takes over the world is enough. But like the real reason why she's sad is because she found out that Rick died. And, you know, she found out and they were both really good friends. And then like Bloodsport, he tries to comfort Harley in his own way. That's where Amanda Waller calls in the extraction. Now the re the remaining team, which is just Bloodsport, King Shark, Ratcatcher, and Harley Quinn, they go inside the extraction chapter, and they're ready to get back to the states. Everyone is just exhausted. They go they fall asleep through the entire flight, except for Bloodsport. He just chills out until Sebastian the Rat is just laying down on Bloodsport's lap. Bloodsport, he's just standing really still, and he doesn't want to disturb the rat, but like. I guess he's grown somewhat accustomed to the rat. He's still not like fond of him, but at least like he doesn't hate him like with a passion anymore. And then he starts to slowly like pet the rat. And then after that, the entire you know the team fly off into the sunset, and it goes into credits. There are a couple of post-credit scenes. The first post-credit scene is back on the beach where the first Suicide Squad died, and it turns out Weasel didn't really drown to death. He wakes up with like water outside of his mouth and he and then he runs into the jungle. And then in the next post credit scene is just Amanda Waller's team being punished for their insubordinate actions and now they have to watch over a surviving member of the Cordo Maltese incident. Now you might have, you might think that the surviving member of the Cordo Maltese incident might have been Rick Flagg. Because it was talking about how, like, how he survived, like, a whole bunch of damage and, like, that hell he's been through. But it's actually Peacemaker that survived, not Rick Flag. Peacemaker, he's being all, he's all bandaged up and attached to machines and stuff to keep him alive. Yeah, and then it cuts into, then it cuts to black and the movie's over. Alright, my overall thoughts of the movie. Alright, the director. The director, I, I like this director a lot. This direct this movie was directed by James Gunn. James Gunn, he is a very creative director. He's a very comic book oriented director. And also he, he is also a pretty violent director too. Like if Disney didn't give him any restrictions on what to do with the Guardians of the Galaxy, I think he would have went wild on this one. But he also has some weird themes in there that he definitely expressed in the Suicide Squad. And I really felt like there was not enough studio interference to keep him like from 
to from going wild on these characters. Like, it looks like the executive producers over at Warner Brothers just tell just told James Gunn's to do whatever you want, kill whoever you want, and James Gunn did exactly that. Now I respect James Gunn as a, you know, as a creative director, but this man, like, when you really let him loose, he's kind of like Zack Snyder in a way. Like he will do whatever he wants in his vision for the movie, whether it makes sense of the plot or not. In this case of this Suicide Squad, it really was like a fun like thrill ride, and it really was like a R-rated type of movie experience for a comic book movie. Now I've heard like plenty of other people getting like ratings for this, like saying this is the fun, very very much fun Suicide Squad, but this movie does have like some tweaks or some places in the world works where it could have really been better or they really felt like the plot could like use some tweaking here and there but other than that like this film was really you know fun to experience fun to watch yeah it's kind of fun to watch like all these villains get murked and all these people like getting killed in very like fantastic and ways and james gunn he's a really funny guy he really uses his you know element of comedy to like for re for really intense like death scenes or like killing scenes and he knows where to put comedy he knows where to get serious at times and this man he's he's a very creative like cinematographer and he and it pays him for this movie it feels like you know you're watching the entire movie just really getting in there now i would say like i don't think this really like kind of connects the entire dceu at least like they haven't referenced anything in the dceu about it like, um, there was a scene where Bloodsport was sent to Bell Rev because he got hold of a kryptonite bullet and he used that bullet to put Superman in the ICU. Which, you know, that all that happens off screen. We never see, like, Bloodsport using a kryptonite bullet against Superman. But we'll see about that. Actually, we won't see because, you know, all of it's just tell and don't show. Now, and the cast in here, the cast are brilliant in this movie. Like, they got a whole bunch of guys and really famous, like, A-list and B-list actors in this movie. And James Gunn, he knows how to work with them and he knows how to play to their strengths. Like, Idris Elba, Idris Elba was pretty fantastic in this movie. John Cena, it feels like the peacemaker role was made for him. We got Michael Rooker as Savant. Even though Michael Rooker didn't get like much of an appearance in this movie, he still made the mo most of the screen time and he nailed it. And we also got Jake Courtney returning as Captain Boomerang, even though Captain Boomerang dies like in the first act. Most mostly like in the first twenty minutes of the movie. 20, 15 minutes of the movie. And we got Margot Robbie returning as Harley Quinn. Now, after with the Birds of Prey kind of fiasco, like I really feel like James Gunn really brought out the best of Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn because James Gunn really knows where to, how to utilize his cast effectively. And it made like Harley Quinn very likable in this movie. And they got, they got people like Taika Waititi and Sylvester Stallone. And the, this cast is just an ensemble cast. And James Gunn, he made the most out of their performance and my god like the casting the casting is very good even for a dc film now i think that this has got to be the best dc film to come out like as his own standalone film since joker i really believe dc's strongest aspect competing with marvel is their villains like dc has a lot of rogues gallery for a lot of their heroes and their villains have like interesting and very like cool backgrounds like joe Joker is the most notable one, but like seeing these villains on screen and like getting their own movie and also, you know, doing like uh, villain stuff and also murking people is really fun too. You know, it's almost like watching an R-rated DC animated film come to life and it's James Gunn's vision. So yeah, I can't wait to see more of James Gunn if he decides to stick with DC 
or if he's going to come back directing another Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Who knows? But anyway, James Gunn, he did a really good job with this movie. Now, what I didn't like about this movie, there were some kind of plot holes and some kind of character inconsistencies with this film. Like, for example, when the team were disobeying, were disobeying Waller's orders. Waller, Waller kind of act kind of in character, but like... It was kind of like illogical, where she didn't really see the potential of like the situation. You know, there's this... There's a weird alien starfish attacking a city, and this country is very antagonistic to the United States. And her job is to protect the United States and defeat all of its enemies. So it would make sense to have like a whole bunch of rogues go and kill it. And but like Amanda Waller, she's an objectivist, so she wants so she wants to keep it to on point with the mission. I really felt like the character deaths were so sudden. Like, James Gunn was, like, really over the top of this one. But, like, yeah. But other than that, like, there were a lot of good... There were a lot of good and bad with the script in this movie. And and this movie kind of nails it on the wall right here. One of DC's best movies, yeah. But, like, there's still upcoming DC movies, you know, still coming. Like, James Patterson, The Batman. And... Dwayne The Rock Johnson as Black Adam and Shazam 2. So we'll see where those go. But for so far for DC, this is like a big win for them in the superhero comic book movie. Yeah, if I were to rate this movie, I would give it an 8 out of 10. I would highly recommend seeing this movie. Alright, this has been Behind the Scenes for Studio 96. I'm Luis Sanchez and we are out.